Good morning, everybody. Still morning. I'm Mark Buckner. I'm one of the overseers in our church movement up here and also the interim pastor in this season. And I, I love worshiping with you. This is sweet. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing on the subject of prayer. The first three sermons I know were coming out of the life of Jesus. And, uh, but the purpose of this time is to stir up our, our devotional lives a little bit. I don't know about you, but I come to the end of the, the year, the school year, and I'm, I need to recharge my batteries. And at the same time, we need to be praying for others. We've got a team going to Cambodia. We've got teams in uh, uh, Dusseldorf, Germany, actually with Antioch as a whole, our movement as a whole. We're in eight different cities. There's going to be about 2,000 people going into Europe this summer. So there's a lot to pray about. There's all kinds of real deep and profound spiritual dynamics. And so we want to give you a little bit of uh, vocabulary, a little bit of substance in prayer. And I'm going to start us off by talking, teaching out of John chapter 17. I do want to recognize Nick Assermily Jr. Is he around? He's down there on the floor. No, excuse me, the fourth. I'm sorry, I said that wrong, didn't I? This is Nick Assermily, the fourth is back there. Sandra, I know it's kind of embarrassing for you, but why don't you just wave at all of us right now? <laughs> oh, Maddie and Dew? All right, can you introduce somebody to us right now? Evangeline is with us here today. They were five hours apart, what'd you say? Born five hours apart, nearly twins back there, awesome. <laughs> How far were they apart uh, for you guys back there? They were, uh, the girls were how far apart? Five minutes? Okay. One minute. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, there's another set of twins back there. I'm sorry. So. If you're confused right now, that's okay. I'm, I'm having my own little experience up here. All right. So I'm going to uh, give you a little bit of context because there's a lot happening in John 17. Uh, so we are, we've already been John 13. Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. They're in the upper room. They're having this special experience together. Jesus is knowing the cross is coming. And so he's, he's trying to, to get with these guys and say some very important things to them. 13, 14, he's, this is where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. So very familiar passages to us. John 15, I'm the vine and you're the branches, talking about the depth of unity and relationship that we have with God, that uh, we are an extension of him as we're in him. And in John 16, Jesus talking about his relationship with the Spirit and the Father. So in 15 and 16 and 17, you have really clear imagery of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is very unique. There's nothing like our faith in the world of this unity between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, being God, being one, and yet being three. Not always the easiest thing to understand, but we're going to jump into that a little bit this morning. 
And in verse 18, excuse me, chapter 18, Jesus is arrested. As soon as he finishes this prayer that we're focusing on today, they move to another place to go into a garden, and Judas comes up with a bunch of soldiers and high priests and all of these uh, officials, and he's, he's apprehended. John 17 is, is basically a prayer of three sections. The first part is Jesus praying for himself. It says he turned his eyes up to the Father, and so he's, he's with the disciples. Uh, maybe he stepped away, but there's this moment where it's just him and the Father. And, and he, they're both aware of the depth of this moment. He's speaking to his father out of his heart. The second section, he's praying for his disciples, these guys that are right there with him. So they're, uh, you know, he, again, he knows everything. He knows the past and the future. He's, he knows something these guys don't know. Something really hard is just about to happen, something they've never imagined. They, they, in, in all of his uh, communication with them, they still don't get the necessity of the cross. So then the last part is he's praying for us. He's praying for those that would come to the Father through his disciples. So this is a prayer that we're going to be focusing on today. In John 17, the major prayer points are that Jesus would be glorified and revealed. So he's, he knows, you know, this is kind of an interesting thing. Why, why does... Does God need to be worshipped? It's because, and this is a little hard as humans and our selfish hearts to grasp, that he knows that he is perfection. And he knows that he is, he is the one above all that is to be valued and worshipped. And so in calling worship to himself, he's calling us to truth. He's calling us to reality. So he's saying... Father, reveal your, me to the world. Reveal yourself through me. And then he's praying for protection. He's praying for sanctification. Jesus said that I, would they be sanctified like I'm sanctified? So that's a set apart that does deal with an area of, of uh, character. And then he's praying that we would be unified. So today, I'm going to talk about that primarily. His prayer for us to be unified. So, this is the passage I'm going to read. John 17, 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me. And have loved them even as you have loved me. So I'm not going to read the, the last part of that passage. But, uh, you know, I've, I'm speaking on this today. I've spent some time in this passage. 
I have uh, uh, an app on my phone, and I've probably listened to this chapter about 30 times in the last couple of weeks. And you know what I've, I, I feel as I read through this initially? There's a lot of pronouns. And I kind of lose the direction, them and you and me. And uh, so there is something that's circular about this. And that can confuse us at times, but it's, it's intentional. It, it, there is an integration that's happening that Jesus is talking about, unity, that is profound. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are loving, honoring, and submitting to each other and have been since before creation. And so that's that interaction in this very intimate relationship. It's all, he's not, uh, you know, it's, he's saying, Dad, 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 you. Very personal. And then there's this integration of unity with each other that brings revelation to the world. They're all connected. You're not, uh, so also we have witness to the world comes through loving each other. Now, we've got to break this out a little bit because there's a lot here. Entire books and libraries worth of understanding or people's perception to grasp all of this. So here, I'm going to try to picture some of this unity for you right now, okay? Now, first picture is a Norman Rockwell picture that is a classic of what normally is happening in our lives. We got it up here? So, this is a picture of the unity that we normally are experiencing in our world. So that means we have a hard time at this. We have a hard time with our closest relationships and actually walking together in unity. Okay? So this hard work... It's not a simple thing we're talking about. And so some people resolve the problem of unity like this, this next picture. We all have to look the same and all be doing the exact same thing. Some people resolve the picture of uh, the problem of unity with the next picture. Nope, back up one. Up. I missed it. Okay. It's a picture of kittens was the next picture. Well, that was a really good one. So, uh, so didn't quite have the same impact, I can tell. But the point with the picture of, of the kittens is it's this little huddle of cuddliness. It's like they're all, you know, the, you don't... If you have four kittens in a box, which is what we have in our house right now, they're not in the four corners of the box. They're all over each other, just all tangled together. And so that's a unity. We're, we, we can, we're not, sometimes we're, we're looking for this uniformity, and other times we're just looking for comfort. I don't want to have any problems. I don't want any conflict in my life. I just want the snuggle. But the next picture, 
back to that last picture, another Norman Rockwell picture. This is really the unity that we're looking for. And it's not based on appearance. It's not based on getting us all doing the same thing all the time, saying the same thing all the time. It's based on character. And this is, this is something that we don't experience in our world very much, okay? So again, I'm telling you about something that's going on in Mars, you know? Like this other planet out there somewhere. I'm actually telling you about what's happening in, in heaven. This place of perfection. So, in verse 21, how are Jesus and the Father one? That all may be one, they're praying. Jesus is praying, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So, the Trinity, let me, let me explain something to you. The Trinity are three different persons who do have every thought they've ever had is the same. Every action they've ever had is the same. And every word they've ever had is the same. Again, this is not happening on our planet. This is an eternal thing. This is the heart of God. So, since before creation... The Father has been loving the Son, and the Son has been loving the Father, and the Spirit has been honoring the Son and the Father. And there's this desire within them to give glory, to give honor, to give value to each other. Now, I've got a a couple of professional actors with me today. Wes and Justin, would you guys come up here? They've had months of preparation for this. Anybody that knows me understands what that means. <laughs> They've been practicing for this their whole lives. So, um, I, I am, this is the Father, and this is the Son. These are really holy guys. And... Uh, and I am in a part of this, I can, I'm stepping in and out of different roles. One, one role I'm going to be is the Holy Spirit. I like that role. And uh, another is you and me as people walk in this earth. So the Father and the Son are in complete agreement with each other. Again, three persons, Okay. Uh, we have imagery of some of this in, in the book of Revelation. We have imagery of this in, in this passage right here, that there's two different places. And, and I'm, you know what? I, there is, in some way, they look alike, and in some way, there's, there's differences. And it's not about gender. We know there's not going to be marriage in heaven. So uh, don't get stuck with externals is the, the heart of what I'm trying to talk about right here. Okay, and but there is a love that the father has for the son. So you guys, all right. So this is the part they've been waiting for. There's something awesome happening here. (laughs) 
There is a, so embarrassing moment in their life. Besides that, is there something awesome happening here? And that is every bit of affection beyond what you could ever imagine. It's been happening before creation of time. This is what's swirling right here. And everything in the character of God and the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everything in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about love. This is what's happening right here. And Jesus prays that the love for him would be in us. We're praying that we would be enveloped in this. That, you know, this is what he's asking for you. Jesus is praying that this generous love, this overflowing, overwhelming love that he's experiencing, that you'd be in the vortex of that. Do you want that love? You need to picture yourself right here. If you're in Jesus, if you've given your life to him, he's in you. You're, you're enveloped in this. And he's saying, Father, open their eyes that they would see this. So thank you, guys. Awesome. Now, I want to tell you, this is what you're looking for. You know the loneliness you have? The fears you have? The places in your life of isolation? This is what you're looking for. You're looking for an intimate relationship. But you get just a piece of that here on earth with other humans, and they don't do that great a job of it. As hard as they try. But there is perfection in relationship with the Father and the Son. So how do we do this stuff? Got Meredith and Mark going to be one. Get married in a week. Woohoo! So all you married people know, it's like, it's all perfection after the wedding, isn't it? Never will you have a problem again. All your needs are going to be met. They're going to be there for you. They're never going to hurt their, your feelings. No, we're, we're imperfect. But what's happening is a step into servanthood, a step into forgiveness, a step into faithfulness in learning how to live this out. So we have John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So husband and wife, loving one another. Friends, loving one another. It's a, there's a, revel, a potential revelation of Jesus in that. John, 1 John 5, 2. This, how do we do this? This is how we know that we love the children of God. It's how we know we love each other. So this is interesting. Another circular thing. By loving God. This is how we know how we love each other. By loving him and obeying his commands. So again, you're kind of feeling some repetition here. 
Because the goal is this deeply integrated experience of character that lives out in our lives. So, um, you know, I, I got a, a secret I'm going to tell you. Every once in a while, Susan and I hit a little bump in our life, in our marriage. You know, it's no big deal. Don't worry about that. And normally it goes something like this. You know, there's a problem, am I, and I'm deer in the headlights. <laughs> something just happened. There's conflict in the force somewhere. I sense it. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I, I sense that it's out there somewhere. Whereas Susan has like a, uh, you know, a sonogram. She's got the, uh, uh, I'm moving beyond, what, what is the, M- she's, Susan's got the MRI. <laughs> this is exactly what happened. <laughs> you know, and this happened and your face did this and then you kind of leaned in that direction. And I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And uh, so I am, I am just trying to make it better. You know, I just want to survive that moment. <laughs> I want to get to the other side as fast as possible. But Susan wants unity. She says, I, I want us to be clear here. I want to make sure that... W- We're not living with these memories tomorrow. That we're not dealing with this at another level. Any any wives in here that are identifying this? Any husbands? It's like, whoa. So, the goal of unity is not usually where where I'm at. It's like, I just want to get to the next place. It, It is this depth, a freedom that's there. So, you guessed it. This is only possible in Jesus. Now, again, there is a level of life that we can live out. But this unity that I'm talking about, the only way we can get that is by seeing him. So if I was to turn this picture around and it had a, a husband and wife on both sides of me, and you can say... Thank you, Mark, for not recruiting me this morning to do this. But the way you get close to each other is by focusing on him. So we got this triangle here. The only way for these two people to get closer to each other is to go in that direction. Simple concept, not easy to do. So... For me to understand servanthood, for me to understand forgiveness, I can't be looking at my wife and saying, why aren't you doing more of this? I need to look up and say, oh, I've been forgiven. Oh, I, you understand me. I'm trying to get all of my needs met here. I've got to go here to even open up that pipe. John 17, 26, I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. So the way to do this is humility, forgiveness, servanthood. It's not the kitties cuddling together 
It's not forcing everybody to do the same thing at the same time. Unity comes in the heart. Now, there are some practical steps I'd like to give you today. Anybody want practical steps? Like, you wait, this guy's talking theology. Give me something I can walk away with. What's going on here? Okay. In our lives, in this crazy, busy life that we live, it takes a lot of work to connect with each other. Anybody want to say amen? But you're looking for that, aren't you? You're saying, where is the world outside of me? Where is this larger thing that I'm walking with? We have faith groups that meet during the week. But really, I found that's not enough. Showing up at church, showing up at another meeting of the week, that's, that is just a primer to begin allowing people to connect together. Really, we, we need a little more proximity to make this happen. So, no, we're not all moving out to the desert somewhere. <laughs> what we have is little clumps of community all over the city. The easiest place often is on college campuses that you're able to, to sometimes, you, without as much effort as many of us and without having to try to find parking places, you can connect with each other. A number of us... You know, it's, it's amazing. It's fascinating. I've seen people make sacrifices to try to move to a neighborhood just to be a little closer to another part of this community. Why? Because they want to serve each other. People want to be involved in each other's lives. They don't want to be alone. And again, that's not unity. That's the beginning of unity. Just beginning to connect with each other on a regular basis means you're going to get a chance to hurt each other's feelings. You begin the process of learning how to forgive each other. Now, another practical thing is taking a step of something that is called a rule of life. This is what happens in, in a Catholic order. So I'm, I'm not going to, again, tell you we're all going to join a Catholic order. But I'm going to give you a couple of principles out of that to explain what it is they're doing. And, and they make, uh, to join a Catholic order, you, would, you make a whole series of commitments. Now, in, in a community, there's, there's so little clarity in our world that we need to look for ways to, to define that a little bit better. So rule of life would be agreeing on a few things, three, four, five things that you're walking out in life. So what's an example of that? First would be a spiritual discipline. Me and my friends, me and my roommates, me and my faith group, we're going to pray together for a half hour a week. And I'm not talking about a faith group meeting. I'm talking about taking another step toward unity. And it could be that you're only able to walk this out with three other people. So agreeing, one way you could do it is just agreeing on a, on a daily Bible reading plan. You're, you're getting some of the same words in you every day. That's, that's part of that unity that's happening. Agreeing in a common discipleship practice or an extended worship time once a month. Once a month with our group, we're going to get together on a weekend and we're going to go at it for like three hours. 
So a spiritual discipline, this is part of a rule of life. We are going to walk in a spiritual practice together. A second thing is a social connection. We're going to eat together every week. Whenever we have people live with us, we always, we use normally more than once a week, but we say we're going to sit down for a meal at least once a week. Now, again, people with roommates going in five different directions, that's, that takes a commitment. You have to say, we are actually going to spend time together. Then another part, I think, of a rule of life is a service connection. We're going to care for someone else together on a weekly or a monthly basis. So you could agree to share your faith once a week and keep each other accountable to that. You could give each other, for families, you could give each other date nights. We're going to serve your kids once a week or once a year, depending on situation, and, and you serve us. Um, it it me, may mean that cleaning up a park or just kind of serving in some way, some way that you're doing, you're, you're walking outward together. And then a, another way, I say a giving connection. So giving beyond the tithe toward a common project. And that is, uh, you know, you make it up, whatever it is. We, we want to put our wallets in the same direction or supporting one missionary together. So all of these things together are not going to produce unity, bing. But they are steps of learning how, in all that's happening in our life, how can we line up just a little bit more. And this is not forever. It may just be for the summer or it may be for a semester, or it may be for a year. And it's good on the back, on the front end to say, hey, we're just going to do this for a year, so that at the end of it, you know, it's people are not drifting apart and feeling guilty. Like, oh, should they finally stop doing it? What's the matter with you? No, you say, we're going to do this till January 1, and then celebrate. Awesome, we did that for six months. So this is a rule of life. This is a step toward practical unity and trying to live this out. Now, I'm going to finish all this right now with a prayer. And what I want you to do is stand up with me right now. We've got a prayer that I have, I've taken that passage that I started with and I wrote it in my own words. And sometimes we have responsive readings. You know, we could be praying the Lord's Prayer together. But what I'm, what I'm wanting to do is give you vocabulary. And... And so many of the most powerful prayers are right there in the Bible. And in, uh, in the prayers in the life of Jesus is where, as well as the apostolic prayers in the epistles. So let me, let me, I'm going to give you an example of this. Father, I'm praying that we would all be one, just as you and Jesus are one. Give us an awareness of the depth of our unity with you, Father, so that the world can know your love. Thank you for your glorious presence that enables us to be one with the Father and the Son as as the, the Father and Son are one. Give us a complete unity with the Father, the Son, and with each other by the power of your Holy Spirit. May the world know that you sent Jesus and have loved us even as you have loved Jesus. Righteous Father, 
reveal Jesus to us in even greater depth and clarity so that the love you have for Jesus may be in us and that the presence of Jesus would be strong in us. Now, you're not going to be required. I'm not forcing you to do this. But if this prayer is in your heart, we're going to pray this all together. Now, again, what we're asking for is, is a depth of character. We're going to be doing this at the same time, but I'm not just looking for miming words and people just, again, we're not looking for conformity. We're looking for understanding that comes only by the Spirit. So, you pray with me if God puts it on your heart. We pray that all of us may be one, Father, just as you and Jesus are one. Give us an awareness of the depth of our unity with you, Father, so that the world can know your love. Thank you for your glorious presence that enables us to be one as the Father and the Son are one. Give us a complete unity with the Father, the Son, and with each other by the power of your Holy Spirit. May the world know that you sent Jesus and have loved us even as you have loved Jesus. Righteous Father, reveal Jesus to us in even greater depth and clarity so that the love you have for Jesus may be in us and that the presence of Jesus would be strong in us. Amen? Amen. This is hard work. It requires sacrifice. It requires humility. It's not just getting everybody act together. It's getting our hearts to change. So I'm, I'm going to pray for you just a moment again and have you uh, be seated. Lord, we ask for you to move us forward, Lord, for every family, every individual, that there would be a depth of love that they would experience. They would know the Father's love for the Son, that that same love you have for your Son, Father, would be in every person in here. Soak us with your understanding, Lord, and give us grace to live out these prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.